Welcome to another podcast of the Apologist Bookshelf. I'm Gary Zacharias. I want to take you to Mormonism 101, subtitled Examining the Religion of the Latter-day Saints. And this is by McKeever and Johnson. And they put out some really good material. Uh, This book is pointing out that uh, there's been a move among the leaders of the LDS Church in recent years to make their organization seem more like mainstream Christianity. Um, and so you'll have Mormon friends, for example, that'll say things like, hey, we're more, we're Christians just like you are. And so a lot of people wonder, well, what are the actual doctrinal positions of the LDS Church? And so, so a lot of people would love a resource that will compare the teachings of the Mormon leaders, past and present, with those of the Bible. And that's what this book is all about. So I've already done uh, one podcast on this, but this book covers what is the LDS concept of God like? What do they see as the human race? What's their concept of scripture? What about salvation? What about those ordinances that they require their people to follow? Um, revelation. And so I like this book. Like I said, it seems clear. It's easy to follow. It has a lot of quotes right from the Mormon leaders. So I thought maybe for this podcast, excuse me, we'd look at uh, chapter 7, which is dealing with the Bible. And they start with a quote from an apostle, Orson Pratt. And you can tell from the title of his book what he thinks. It's called The Bible, An Insufficient Guide. And so here's Pratt. Add all this imperfection to the uncertainty of the translation, and who in his right mind could for one moment suppose the Bible in its present form to be a perfect guide? Who knows that even one verse of the whole Bible has escaped pollution so as to convey the same sense now that it did in the original? Well, can you see a problem with that, by the way? The Mormons do latch on to certain Bible verses and Bible passages, but how do they know those are accurate when Pratt is calling into question the entire Bible? And of course, Christians uh, believe the Bible is the authoritative word of God. So let's take a look. The LDS leaders do use the Bible. They quote it to support their doctrines, but then they're criticizing it on the other hand. So McKeever and Johnson get into the whole section here about what, what do Mormons think about the Bible? So it says, when Mormons ask us if we've read the Book of Mormon, said which they have, says, we find it interesting that if we turn the tables and ask if they've ever read the Bible, says very few of them have spent much time in the Bible. And it says, um, probably that's because the LDS leaders keep saying that the Bible is not fully trustworthy. Mormon leaders have been teaching for a long time that the Bible's authority has been diluted over the years. There's a lot of pessimism there. And it says you can see that in the Book of Mormon itself. First Nephi 13.28 says, Wherefore thou seest that after the book hath gone forth through the hands of the great and abominable church, that there are many plain and precious things taken away from the book, which is the book of the Lamb of God. Uh, So LDS leaders have worked hard to cast out on the certainty of the Bible. Here's another apostle, Bruce McConkie, and he gets quoted a lot. In McConkie's words, the Bible bears true witness of God in his gospel as far as it is translated correctly. Many plain and precious things have been deleted, however, and the Book of Mormon is the means provided by divine wisdom to pour forth the gospel word as it was given in perfection to the ancients. All right, so there's a longer quote than that, but that lets you know the kind of doubt that's cast on the, the Bible. 
So the next section of the chapter here is titled The Bible, The Christian, uh, Christian's Written Authority. And they, they point out that according to Christian teaching, God's instructions were handed down through prophets and apostles and eyewitnesses. You have 66 books written by dozens of men over something like 1,500 years, and that makes up the Bible. That says there's no question that Christians consider this collection to be extraordinary. And they have a lot of quotes about that. They have quotes about what Paul said in 2 Timothy, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So according to that verse, the Bible is useful to teach God's truths. It's a way to rebuke others. Remember Jesus when he was dealing with uh, the devil? It's a, a method to correct one another if we stray. It's good for training for righteousness. It actually is not just men's words. Now, men wrote it down, but it revealed God's voice to his people. I mean, look at Second Peter 1, 20 and 21. Peter says this, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And so I like the, the book here that uh, McKeever and Johnson have done because they give you a lot of places to go to in the New Testament. And I think because of time, I'll just give you references. You can take a look in Second Peter 3, 15 and 16. Uh, the church giving a stamp of authority to the writings of the apostles. Uh, look in First First uh, Thessalonians two thirteen. It says, for the Mormon, authority rests not only on the written scriptures but the modern day revelation of them. So here's another apostle named Dallin Oaks. He said, what makes us different from most other Christians in the way we read and use the Bible and other scriptures is our belief in continuing revelation. I think that's really important. Now, if you think about the book of Jude, it says, once and for all, given to the saints. So Jude says, it's over. The, the inspiration, the Bible information that was given is, is done, but not for the Mormons. He says, for us, the scriptures, back to Dallin Oaks, for us, the scriptures are not the ultimate source of knowledge, but what precedes the ultimate source. The ultimate knowledge comes by revelation. And then... There's a letter from the First Presidency that was in the 1992 LDS Church News. And here's what it says. The most reliable way to measure the accuracy of any biblical passage is not by comparing different texts. Now, that's let me stop there. That's textual criticism, trying to look back and see what the original text said. But that's not the Mormon way. It says you don't compare different texts to try to figure out the accuracy. You compare it with the Book of Mormon and modern-day revelations. So let me put that all together and read that one more time because that's pretty eye-opening. The most reliable way to measure the accuracy of any biblical passage is not by comparing different texts, but by comparison with the Book of Mormon and modern-day revelations. So apparently they, they don't trust, they mean the Mormons don't trust how the Bible has been transmitted. They say the Bible can be trusted only as far as it's translated correctly. Well, what does that mean? Translation is to take the words of one language and put them in the words of another. Now, if the Bible were true only as far as it's translated correctly, everybody would agree with that. I mean, the Bible is written primarily in Hebrew and Koine Greek. So anytime you take the words from one language and you put it into another, there's always a risk of losing something in the translation. 
they said it's doubtful that the modern translations were produced by unprincipled people who tried to keep God's truths hidden. In fact, that's just the opposite. The newer translations generally give a clearer understanding of what God wanted to reveal to his people. And they admit that some translations do a better job uh, of this goal than others. But it says, what, what about this business of the LDS Church, their article of faith, saying the Bible can only be trusted as far as it's translated correctly? What's going on there? And now they say, well, many Mormons agree that the word translate is probably not really correct. They admit that transmission of the biblical text that's what concerns them. So let's talk about transmission, not translation. Translation is just taking the words of one language and putting them into the words of another. Transmission may be what Mormons are more concerned with. That's how the manuscripts were copied and handed down through the centuries. So Mormons, many of them, will say that manuscripts were corrupted at one time over the years and that unscrupulous people left out plain and precious truths and then others inserted their own erroneous philosophies. But that's an argument from silence, McKeever and Johnson say, since these same detractors can't produce any untainted manuscripts in, in a way to measure these tainted ones. Some Mormons say the King James Version of the Bible is a translation of another translation, and that was a translation of another translation all the way back to Jerome, his Latin Vulgate. But that's not true. Instead, what you have is, since the King, and this is me talking, but since the King James Version, what they've done is they go back. They don't use the King James and look at where it came from. They go back and find the most uh, ancient text to compare and come up with their own translation. So I think that's really crucial. Translations do differ. But what does a good translation do? It goes back to the most accurate manuscripts we have. We keep finding older and older manuscripts. So we're actually much better off than the King James people were. They had a, just a few, a few documents, a few manuscripts to look at. We have dozens and dozens and dozens. They keep discovering more all the time. So um, now two translators, as they point out, are going to differ in the choice of words and maybe verb tense and style. But... They said, as an example, if two good Spanish translators independently translated a paper of the morning, you'd have to say the basic message would be the same. There's no such thing as a perfect translation, and they believe that the LDS church leaders are aware of this. Uh, their own translators, this is pretty ironic, the LDS translators have had to revise their Book of Mormon and other foreign editions as well. In fact, the Book of Mormon is supposed to be such a complete, perfect book, and it's had hundreds and hundreds of uh, revisions done to it. Okay, so how do we know anything is true, they say, toward the end of the chapter? Well, McKeever and Johnson say, before any LDS leaders criticize the accuracy of the Bible, he said, maybe they should consider the following. Now, here we go. Here are, let's see, three questions, three statements they say, the Mormons should consider. Number one, how do we know if James 1, 5, that's a verse that Joseph Smith used to draw him to the sacred grove, was, was uh, correct? After all, if the Mormons say you can't trust anything in the Bible, why do they trust James 1, 5? In fact, how can anyone trust any other proof text that the Mormons use to support their beliefs? So it seems like whatever test for accuracy that's applied to James 1, 5 could be applied to every other Bible verse as well. Number two, 
If the LDS Church has a prophet who has direct communication with God, then wouldn't he fix all these errors? Their uh, doctrines and covenants, in one part, uh, number 107, uh, colon 92, states that one of the gifts of God which he bestows upon the head of the church is the role of translator. So, if the God of Mormonism was able to help Smith translate the Book of Mormon from those golden plates, shouldn't he have been able to help the prophet with these alleged errors? Although the LDS Church doesn't officially publish the Joseph Smith translation, his corrections are included as footnotes in their version of the King James Bible. Many Mormons are unable, unaware that Smith failed to correct many of their problematic verses. Number three, if Mormons want to make a great deal about the small percentage of questionable material in the Bible, and there are a few of those, I mean, think about the uh, section in the book of John that tells about the woman caught in adultery. Many people, many scholars believe that was not in the original uh, manuscripts. Okay, so there are a few small places that have questionable material in the Bible. However, none of these affect essential doctrines. So if Mormons want to make a big deal about these, then do they also have a problem with all the changes made to the Book of Mormon over the years? Do they? No, absolutely not. Let me take you at this point out of order here to the back of the book. They have a wonderful set of uh, further information uh, notes to the pages. And they say, what kinds of changes are we talking about? Well, here are just a few. The name of King Benjamin was later changed to King Mosiah in the book of Mosiah and Esther. The phrase son of was added into some passages, 1 Nephi eleven eighteen. The word not was inserted in 2 Nephi twelve nine to completely change the meaning. It negated the meaning. So those are just a few. And I've seen dozens and dozens of these kinds of things. There were changes like crazy made to the Book of Mormon. How come they couldn't get that right? So here comes the summary at the end of the chapter. According to Mormonism, what do they say about the Bible? Only is true, only true as far as it doesn't disagree with Mormon doctrine. So guess which wins there? Mormon doctrine. It's the only book of the four LDS scriptures that's accepted with limitations. They don't accept the other scriptures like the Book of Mormon that way. It's supposedly filled with alleged contradictions and it can't be trusted by itself. What do Christians say? What do they say about the Bible? It's the Word of God. It's reliable. It's the only scripture fully inspired by God. The context of a passage in the rest of the Bible has to be considered when you interpret supposed contradictions. And then finally, it can be fully trusted. And I would say amen to that. So I think this is a, an excellent book to take a look at. It's informative. It's accessible. Um, these authors have a lot of firsthand experience working with Mormons. They have practical witnessing tips, uh, things like using dialogue, going back and forth at the end of each section. So it's a great resource to understand what our Mormon friends believe and a guide to reach out to them uh, with the truth of Christianity. Oh, one more time, Mormonism 101, McKeever and Johnson, highly recommended. All right, thanks for listening. See you later.